You're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about all things faith, life, adulting, finances, relationships. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. Happy Friday. We want you to end your week strong and begin your weekend even stronger. We're your hosts. We are your hosts. So if you are tuning in for the first time, if you want to listen, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, that would help us get the word out of what Jesus is doing, what he's wanting to do in your life and the listener's life as a young adult, trying to navigate the different things of everyday living. Oh my gosh. That can seem like a tsunami of amazing things, but confusing things at the same time. So we're here just to help answer your questions that you've been tuning into. You've been sending us them. You've been coming into contact with us in person. So they actually come in your voice sometimes, which is super fun to hear. So it's so good. And you can send in your questions each week at our website. You can email us at FYI dash podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram, either personally, Josiah Keneally, Micah.Keneally, mm-hmm. or um, you could follow our FYI podcast. And before we dive into the today's conversation, hey, tell them about what's happening this May that they could be a part of. Ooh. So if you are in the Minnesota area, May 12th, 13th, and 14th, you are in for a treat because you can register and sign up for the annual Young Adults Today weekend. We call it the weekend. So if you want to subscribe to that or like to sign up and everything, we still have registration open. We have plenty of slots available, but we do have deadlines. So if you are budgeting and you're thinking forward and you're a forward thinker and you maybe need to get that weekend off for work, um, check out the website at youngadults.today slash the weekend Dash wknd yes yep. so it's kind of tricky but if you're interested please do that and we would love to see you meet you in person you can expect worship breakout sessions meeting and greeting new friends hundreds of young adults hundreds from across minnesota but beyond too yeah literally so if you're not from this area in minnesota but you can come maybe you're able to take vacation from work for a weekend or mm-hmm. it happens that it's right after finals or the end of the semester um you're going to want to register asap because prices go up on monday april uh 10th after midnight so mm-hmm. by tuesday the 11th you've got to get registered prices go up there's mm-hmm. deadlines um but you can you can it's going to be this is our third one ever and speakers include logan ketterling who's a pastor here in the twin cities zach windall the author of the bible study mike and i will be hosting leading the way sharing mm-hmm. and there's going to be more announcements of Surprise. people involved soon so get there one last time it's www youngadults.today slash the dash WKND. And here's for today's question comes from Emily. Hi, my name is Emily Kanaski. And my question is, what is God's heart and what is his original intention regarding women in leadership positions in ministry? Emily, that is a great question. So essentially what she's asking is, what is God's heart regarding women in ministry and leadership positions. So if you were tuning in and whether you're a believer, a non-believer, a pre-believer, group in the church, didn't grow up in the church, you need to be aware that this is a real question that many people ask. And we just want to acknowledge the fact that we all have different upbringings, whether we were Mm -hmm. church or unchurched. And even church and Christians have different viewpoints, vantage points, expectations when it comes to unpacking this question. So we're just going to do a deep dive into this question. And this is obviously, I don't know if it's a debate or a hot topic. Um, 
that's been around forever, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And we just want to create uh, some, maybe some release of tension in your spirit. If you have been to a church where le- women in leadership was a thing, or maybe it was not a thing. So we're just going to point to the word of God when we unpack some of this question and hopefully can leave you with a better answer, or you can wrestle through the rest of it on your own. So exactly. And you might be like, whoa, that's like Mike and Josiah, you're you're the host of a fun podcast, but here's the thing that we committed to from the very beginning is that we would answer questions that maybe the church wasn't, or we, you know, maybe you were asking, but the church wasn't answering. And, mm-hmm. and we don't want to back down from tough topics. Like Micah said, anytime that we teach on this podcast, it's not going to be our thoughts or opinions mm-hmm. or hot takes. We really attempt to speak on behalf of scripture mm-hmm. and tether our teaching to truth, which comes from God's word. So that being said, like Micah said, there's been wide debate over this issue for centuries. Mm-hmm. There just really has. And it's not a new question, um, but it's it's definitely like even I've had new believers ask me this, like, wait, don't so, so like all Christians don't believe the exact same thing. And it's like, here, here's kind of the two sides of the argument. If it's mm-hmm. okay yeah, to is. just kind of outline, yeah. there's the complementarianism view of theology, um, which is in Christianity, but it's also the view that the three major world religions, um, many people in these religions mm-hmm. would all believe this, not just limited to some Christians would believe this, but Judaism and Islam. Um, complementarianism is basically that men and women have different but complementary roles and responsibilities in marriage, family life, and church leadership. Mm-hmm. Egalitarianism, on the other hand, is based uh, in Christianity. This wouldn't be in Judaism or Islam, but egalitarians believe that the Bible mandates uh, for equal responsibilities for the family family unit, things like mutual submission, and the ability for women to exercise spiritual gifting in church leadership. And... um, We'll dive more into that, but I just, Mm -hmm. is is that all right to just kind of outline like some Mm -hmm. people believe this, other people believe that. I remember when I was in Bible college, my favorite professor of theology, he would just share both sides so that you could kind of understand like, oh, there's some differences or disagreements. And, And I would even say it like to the person who's like, wait, all Christians don't believe the same thing. Certain streams of the church or even theology have some number one differences, Mm -hmm. Number two, some distinctives and number three, some deal breakers. Yeah. Here's what I mean. People believe different things Mm -hmm. and um, you know what? Those can be celebrated. Then there's some, some distinctives, like maybe it's a prayer language or the baptism in the Holy spirit or, Mm -hmm. but like differences would be, okay. People believe different things about communion or the Eucharist people, mm-hmm. some, some traditions or streams of church history believe in infant baptism. Others believe in child dedication and believer baptism. Do you see how that there's some different distinctives mm-hmm. or differences? And then there is the third category, which is deal breakers. Yeah. One other way that I'd say the same thing is there's some issues that we would die for. If you picture like a bullseye, mm-hmm. here's the target. There is some issues that are the very center circle which is we would die for this. This is the deity of Jesus. The, mm-hmm. God's word is authoritative. Jesus was God. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Jesus came and died and rose again, like the resurrection, the ascension. Yeah. Those are 
things to die for. The the second ring of the bullseye is things that we defend, like, oh, I believe this Mm -hmm. and I would actually stand behind this. And then there's the third grouping in that cluster, which is things that we discuss. And I'll be honest, when it comes to God's heart regarding women in ministry and leadership positions, um, this probably is more that defending and discussing, you know, layer Mm -hmm. um, of of differences, distinctives. It's not a deal breaker for anyone on any side of the argument. Um, But yeah, I think that's good to paint that picture. So the the bullseye is definitely one way to look at it. How Josiah just layered that, but also if maybe you think a little differently, you need to know the primary, the secondary, and then how do you say that the third word? Tertiary. Tertiary. That's a hard word for me. That's like rural for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if you think like I do, okay, what are the primary things? What are like the non-negotiables? Yeah, like that's what exactly. he's talking about. So yeah. I'm just going to read this because it's plainly worded on my paper right here very well. So primary issues would be like essential doctrines for salvation, right? Yeah. Accepting yeah. Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That really like that's what we do, what we do. That's why we believe yeah. what we believe. That's the primary. That that's is the, the primary. major yeah. issue. Um, clear in scripture. Um, examples of the Trinity, deity of Jesus, incarnation, the resurrection, salvation of grace, along right. through faith alone, yeah, right? Yep, exactly. So we're unpacking that. Those are primary. Secondary, if you want to look at them as columns, more or less, is non-essential doctrines to the gospel. Uh, second thing is shape how church live out biblical principles and convictions. So that's mm-hmm. like, what is your church motto? Is it give, grow, go? Is it um, evangelism, yeah. like what is the primary focus of how yeah. to reach the non-believer essentially yeah. examples, methods of baptism, the role of women in church, the use of spiritual gifts. Those are all secondary. The third category, Tert- tertiary. Yeah, yeah. The hard word tertiary. Yeah. Get, it. get it. It's like charcuterie, <laughs> but this is like non-essential doctrines to the gospel. Once again, differences may um, exist within the framework of a local church's doctrine. Exactly. And some examples that they have, like I've written down right here is millennial views, millennial views, um, issues of personal conscious, conscious. Yeah. Um, and just really recognizing that depending on what era we even lived in, we yep. view church and people differently, which is essentially how our theology and our worldview world view is being built okay. in the process of what we're exposed to. So theology is the study of God, right? Yes. And it's all things. Yes. So it, it's all encompassing. So this is a layered question within itself. So if you think bullseye or if you think column wise, like I just unpacked. Yeah. Isn't it funny how even you and I just now communicated how our brains think or how we understand. And I hope for the listener today that you catch that, that, uh, but I just, I didn't know what you were going to share. I knew it'd be good with primary, secondary, tertiary, but like literally some of the same things and even how they're layered mm-hmm. of maybe it's more columns versus mm-hmm. a, a bullseye. But yeah, um, I think we should just turn to some of the things mm-hmm. for the listener or viewer on YouTube. Thanks for streaming. Um, just on, we're here to speak on behalf of scripture of the Bible. So we're going to look at what the Bible says mm-hmm. regarding women's roles in ministry leadership and go ahead and unpack those three yeah. Um, verses. Yeah. So we're going to take a look at Joel chapter two, verses 28 and 29. And this is the day of the Lord. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So I think that's even just the promise of the Holy spirit and exactly. what power it has 
in both men and women when we tap into that form of a mm-hmm. supernatural component when it comes to the um, Holy Spirit. Exactly. So you have the Old Testament prophet of Joel prophesying. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a book of prophecy. He's prophesying of the day of Pentecost, which then Luke Acts, the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts was originally one letter. Mm-hmm. They're in the NIV separated by John, the fourth gospel, but Luke Acts, Luke's the author of of Acts. And this is what he documents about the, the day of Pentecost. Yeah. Even in Acts chapter two, 16 through 18, it says this, no, this is what has been spoken by the prophet Joel, which we just read right in the verse 17 in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit and all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So, so I think it's key that we get a couple things mm-hmm. right when we look at this. Both Joel and then Acts are quoting the same prophecy. Mm-hmm. And this is God speaking, and He promises to pour His Spirit out on all people that we believe happened in the New Testament, mm-hmm. the early church, kind of the first day of the church. In fact, they didn't leave Jerusalem, but they waited in the upper room for mm-hmm. the day of Pentecost to happen. Peter preaches opening day of the church, 3000 people get saved and baptized. And then he's talking about like the spirit of the Lord. God will, God will pour out a spirit on, first of all, all people. Yep. Then he's so specific. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So right there you have women yeah. will have God's spirit. They're going to have spiritual gifts and they're going to prophesy, which is speaking authoritatively mm-hmm. on God's behalf. Mm-hmm. Last one. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So it's mm-hmm. very clear that prophecy is one of the spiritual gifts. God's yeah. spirit is promised and mm-hmm. it's going to be poured out, not limited based on age, or he says old, young, not based on gender. He says young and old. He says men and women yeah. quite clearly. And then I think that brings up the question of spiritual gifts. Yeah, we can even look in First Corinthians, that's in the New Testament, uh, chapter 12, verse 11, it says this, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. He meaning the Holy Spirit. So it's phenomenal. It's part of our assignment, which you really, when you unpack that and you look at that, like there are certain things that maybe on your life right now as a listener, you're like, I don't have any gifts. I have nothing to offer. Well, guess what? There is something in each and every single mm-hmm. one of us as believers, as we were created in our mother's womb to really understand and to know that we all have some form of gifts and skill sets, ta- like talents and treasures within us. It's just a matter of how are we going to activate those? Or do we have somebody in our life calling out the greatness in us? Or if we, they see something when it comes to how we create, how we interact, how we host, mm-hmm. how we have the ability to sing, how we have the ability to worship, how we have the ability to maybe prophesy, have a spoken right. word or whatever that is. It yeah. looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. really recognize that God does use all. And when his spirit does fall on, on all his people, all means all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think that it's so, so key to look at um, what you're just talking about here is the, the, and we should do another episode. I'm just realizing I should make a personal note, hmm. but we should totally 
unpack the gifts of the spirit yeah. and, and do, um, because we have not talked about that and, um, you haven't asked. So somebody remind us, uh, and, and ask about the spiritual gifts, but I don't want to get off topic. So that'll be a conversation for another day. But mm-hmm. Mike is talking about, um, first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, all of these gifts, which are listed. And, and some of those, what the gifts that, Paul lists here in first Corinthians are, um, different gifts of the spirit, same spirit to one, a manifest manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one. There's uh, a spirit, a message of wisdom uh, to another knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy. Again, that's a huge spiritual gift to another distinguishing between spirits or discernment to another speaking in different types of tongues, to another, mm-hmm. the interpretation of tongues. These are all gifts to do what? To edify the body, yep. to serve God's people for the common good and for God's glory. But it's the spirit decides. So I, as a podcast host or as a pastor, or as a teacher, um, I don't decide what spiritual gift you mm-hmm. have. The Holy Spirit decides what spiritual mm-hmm. gift. I also believe that you can have more than one yeah. gift of the spirit, um, but they're, they're listed in, in Romans um, as well as in first Corinthians 12. And so I'll just share, because I think that you might've listened to all that and you're like, okay, that's fine. And Danny, but what about like, what do we do with the other side of the argument? Or there's a few verses, even in one of them's in further on in first Corinthians that it's like, well, what, what do we do with a few of these verses? Mm-hmm. Great question. The other side would be that there's various interpretations to what Paul was saying and and what he was limiting when he said this, but he says in first Corinthians 14, 34, and I've had this uh, verse texted to me and like, what do we do with this? Right. Well, we read it in context. Yeah. I think so. We read it in the whole of who's the author, who's the intended audience. So first Corinthians is an epistle, which is a letter written to the church of Corinth Mm -hmm. by an apostle who happens to be Paul. And he does say in this, um, women should remain silent in the church. They are not allowed to speak. And so you go, what do you do with that? Because even people who would be Mm -hmm. on the complementarian side of this argument, none of their churches discipline this way or live this verse out, even though they like this verse or they Mm -hmm. emphasize this verse, nobody is living this out to a T. Here's what I mean. Women are allowed to greet each other, Mm -hmm. worship, pray, be Sunday school teachers in almost every church. So even in it's, it's like, what does Paul mean? And you can dissect, but Paul uses the word um, to limit the speech of women in the Greek Sigato that previously has been used to limit the speech of those speaking in tongues if there's no interpretation. Mm-hmm. So isn't it interesting in context, what mm-hmm. was Paul talking about just a few chapters earlier? Right. Spiritual gifts. And he's trying to give instruction right. on, hey, if you're a woman, you can't just use your gift of tongues to dominate or manipulate people. You can't right. just say it. You can't pray in tongues without the the 
interpretation of tongues. And there's also, when you talk about tongues, Mm -hmm. there's the private prayer language. Right. And then there's the tongues for, for, with an interpretation for the public assembly. Mm -hmm. But, um, which demonstrates that God is a God of order, even in that sense to recognize, like somebody might have a word, meaning the inter, like a word, prophetic word or whatever for the church in tongues. Yep. But, there's always, it's generally a different person who interprets what that person said. And yep. I think it's very rare for someone to speak and then interpret, but it does happen. Yep. Yep. But I think that's what Paul's getting at is specifically order. in this is order that's in order. the church yes. setting. Yep. So that's how we have interpreted and understood that sagato was a word that Paul used in the Greek in other instances Anytime he's talking about speaking in tongues without the interpretation or prophecy, if uh, instructions for spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second uh, question, or, you know, um, yeah, I think that that's huge. And then this is kind of, some people call it the killer verse, but first Timothy mm-hmm. two, 11 through 15. And again, the context is Paul writing an epistle to Timothy, who's one of the early church pastors, really. Mm-hmm. He's a young pastor, a young church leader. In the meaning uh, and application of Paul's statement, he says here, I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man. She must be silent. This is really puzzled interpreters, um, and it's resulted in a variety of positions on the role of, of mm-hmm. women in ministry and, and spiritual leadership. But I will say on First Timothy that we don't have time in this podcast to completely unpack mm-hmm. that verse. But in that text, what is First Timothy and First Timothy two written about? He's really warning about false teachers, mm-hmm. manipulative teachers, um, and so it is a great question. And you ultimately need to wrestle this mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit and not take my word for it, not take Micah's word for it, but to understand mm-hmm. God's heart, we get to know mm-hmm. God's heart through his word and it's okay to ask tough questions. Yeah. I think the the last thing that it'd be fun to do and important really is to unpack and we'll tag team this, but some historical examples of women in church leadership and women in ministry, because where we interpret scripture mm-hmm. Um, as far as Mike and I, and, and we are in the Pentecostal stream. So um, where we see women throughout all of scripture as used by God in church leadership and mm-hmm. in ministry. Um, and Micah, you could share before we talk about historical examples of your next step in ministry. Oh, even yeah. this month. Yes. So actually I am a licensed pastor right now, um, woman in ministry. Yes. Um, but also getting ordained and taking my I don't know, leap of faith in a different way. And it doesn't elevate me as a person. It just can potentially open up other forms and doors to represent women or represent a board or just bring forth just maybe just a different way of thinking. In a different voice. In a different voice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what's coming up on the horizon for me in a sense of really recognizing like it's an honor and it's a calling um, from the Lord. And I never thought I was going to be a pastor. I never asked to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. I never... Growing up, I was shy. I was quiet. I was reserved on multiple levels. So never did I think that God was going to going to activate some of the gifts and skill sets in me, which are speaking and encouraging women and coming around young adults and just speaking truth. Like I hated, you know, talking in front of a group of people. I did not like, you know, 
getting in front of my peers and presenting a speech or presentation, even throughout college. And I was 22 years old. So I think just when we are willing and open to what God has, whether male or female, it doesn't matter. Um, he will blow your expectations out of the water and he will activate gifts and skill sets in you. And maybe you have some of those, like if we do ever unpack the the spiritual gifts and things that God has for any and all of us, whether it's one or multiple, that it's up to us whether or not we're going to lean into those and strengthen those and just say yes in that manner. So I'm saying yes in the, in the realm of a different potential form of leadership, which is going to, I don't know, expand yeah. my horizon or territory or my mindset of just, yeah, I don't know, being exposed to different mindsets and skills and everything else. Not for me, but just in rooms more or less too. And it's like, I would ask the question is our, our spiritual gifts, um, teaching, for example, is it a right or is it a responsibility? Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a responsibility mm-hmm. when God gives you a dream, when he gives you a calling, when he gives you an assignment, when he gives you a gift, mm-hmm. it's our, it's no different than the the parable of the talents, mm-hmm. talents, gifts. Um, what are we going to do to steward what God has given us? That's our responsibility. Well, here's the thing. One thing that I really want to lean into when we talk about this right now, even is to recognize like our gifts are not for ourselves. Bingo. Our gifts are for one, the Lord, and yes. two, to edify his body and to serve Spot on. others. Spot on. It's not for us to be like, I'm a whatever, and you're going to serve. I'm not pastor, and you're going to serve me. No. If you're called to be a pastor, for example, you are to wash the feet and serve others. Yep. And I, so I think when we talk about spiritual gifts, they are not for ourselves, Bingo. but it's our responsibility to use them, to sharpen them, to, yeah. to utilize what God yeah. has given us. And, yeah. you know, not take that for granted because, yeah, I don't know who to say you're excited. No, no, no. I'm excited because we're, we're, we're passionate about this and we agree. Like, it's not a right to have a pulpit. It's not a right to have a microphone. It's not a right to have a platform. I, I really can't think of very many instances. I really discipline or train my mind to think of this. Yeah. Like we try not to ask for a microphone anywhere we go. Mm-hmm. I, I never demand a stage. Mm-hmm. I never demand to have the microphone. I just don't think that's my place. I do believe that I have the gift of exhortation and encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually my responsibility to steward that gift, to uplift those who may hear evangelism, discipleship. It's a responsibility. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just a right. So I would say to anyone listening, male, female, wherever you're at is like, don't demand a stage Mm -hmm. or a platform um, or the spotlight. Louis Giglio says it really well that it's different having something to say, responsibility, mm-hmm. versus wanting to be seen saying something. Mm, right. That's good. So um with that, let's let's jump into some old testament Ooh. examples. Okay, you There's take the old, I'll take the new. Let's do it. All right. Old Testament starting in Genesis. I mean, we see in the very beginning. Genesis and the Torah written by Moses. He was a prophet. Mm-hmm. His brother Aaron helped him with speaking because he had felt like he had a speech impediment. He was insecure about that. Mm-hmm. Miriam was also a prophet. She was used by God in ministry. Deborah, again, here's one, Huldah. She authenticated the scroll during the time of King Josiah in Second Kings and, and in Chronicles. Like it's documented many mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. but there were women in 
ministry and in church leadership used by God as prophets, as teachers of the law. Yeah. Yeah. I even think about the New Testament, like after Jesus, like we're recording this Easter week. So it's just like really recognizing that Palm Sunday was just a couple of days ago. Jesus, he's riding, riding into town, you know, crucified, buried, rose again three days later is really to recognize that Mary Magdalene was the first evangelist. Exactly. She was the one that saw her savior die on the cross. And then how he exposed himself to her when he came out of the tomb of like, Empty do you not do you not know who I like kind of like do you not know who I am like she was so worked up about what had just happened that she didn't even realize it was him until he started speaking and had said her name mm-hmm. so I think of her like wow that's just like the awe shock factor that Jesus would come out of the tomb and introduce himself to the very first person which was a female right so which he is risen did become an event go tell everybody like he is risen yes is the purest form of evangelism yeah Jesus is yeah. The tomb's empty, and she's the first person to declare that, which That's is amazing. awesome. And then you have like Priscilla, where it was Priscilla yep. and Aquila, right? Yep. Yep. And really just to recognize like their story a husband and a wife doing yep. ministry together. She, the Greek word there is diakonos. Um, I, I'm still learning them, I'm working on my pronunciation, but deacon, pastor, mm-hmm. elder, church leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think of Lydia, she was the woman of the purple cloak, like she was just. A woman of hospitality just really wanted to be the hands and feet of Christ in a sense when people came through the door. And then what's Phoebe's whole story? I forget about her. Phoebe is commended by Paul in a number of his letters as an excellent leader. Leader. Yeah. He he exhorts her publicly in front of the churches. Yeah. Um, And in Pentecostalism, like women have been ordained as ministers evangelists, pastors, Mm -hmm. prophets, teachers, since the early 1900s, aka the Azusa Street Revival, which is before women in this country of America, where we're recording this episode, even had the right to vote. Yeah. So um, I think that that's just really important. And notable women ministers among the early Pentecostals. This is fun to read. Mm -hmm. I love reading and talking with a friend of mine, Jack Bale. Anytime we talk on the phone, we end up talking about the Azusa Street Revival. It (laughs) fails not. But Maria B. Woodworth Edder, Amy Semple McPherson, Alice Reynolds Flower, Anna Zizi, Marie Burgess Brown. There's a woman who was the first female ever allowed to have a license to operate a radio station mm, so fun. so you had because she wanted to get the gospel on the airwaves so mm-hmm. i come back to this like i don't think anyone has a problem with women's sunday school teachers or women worship leaders or people praying or greeting each other mm-hmm. i think what it boils down to is um the question of can a female be a lead pastor of a church a pastor at a church mm-hmm. teach be an elder a deacon and um, it's still a controversy. Like there's, there's churches in the headlines in the past two months, mm-hmm. mega churches where this is, you know, causing them to be kicked out of their denominations over this issue. Mm-hmm. I'd say two recommended resources. One, the assemblies of God USA has a position paper that I think is just really well-written number two, and I'll link both of these in the show notes, if that's yeah. helpful, yeah. um, at North central university, One of our favorite people, Dr. Alan Tennyson, just spoke on this like last week or two weeks ago in Mm -hmm. Temple, and the episode is aired on their podcast on like Spotify, iTunes, et cetera. I'll link it in the show notes because they did a 
a theological deep dive into women in ministry leadership. Mm-hmm. Great teacher, great teaching. Um, he's going to speak well on behalf of scripture. So that's all for today, folks. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you, whether you came into this conversation, not knowing what you believe, or we just brought some clarity, or maybe we muckied the water for you. I don't really know what we did, but just take it to the Lord in prayer and read some scripture and just look at that. But also keeping in mind when you are reading scripture, like just, I already touched on, look at who's the author, who's the intended audience, what is taking place economically. And, um, that's called exegeting and it's exegeting scripture properly instead of just applying it to our personal lives and consuming it in a way that's maybe missing. We're, we're, Mm -hmm. we are easily able to Mm -hmm. misinterpret the word of God guilty as well. So when you study it and you read it, you're exegeting it, not through your lens, but through the lens of scripture. And when you take it to Lord in prayer, maybe he wants you to wrestle with some of these questions that we've been unpacking the last year because we're already a year old. I love it. So we are a one year birthday is coming up or maybe it already happened. It already happened. happened. And so leave us a five-star rating and share this episode with somebody that you think is going to be encouraged. You're listening to the FYI podcast.